Knights HQ, brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training. Highly skilled labour hire and real-world training for engineering, trades and construction. G'day and welcome to the Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. The only place to find out exactly what's happening within the walls of the Newcastle Knights. Today, we're going to do a little bit of a special edition, a one-off. We're going to dive deep into the personal life and the business life of the Knights CEO and the CEO of the West Group, Philip Gardner. We'll talk on the field, off the field, his preferences, the future of the Knights, the centre of excellence, what else we got look what else we have to look forward to. There's so much we could cover. Right here on the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights, Knights HQ. Let's let it rip. Take a look behind the curtain as the Knights take things to the next level. Watch the next episode of Level Up exclusively on NewcastleKnights.com.au. Welcome back, Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. We are going one-on-one with the big boss, the CEO of the West Group and the Newcastle Knights, Philip Gardner. Philip, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Absolute pleasure, Frank. Now, look, this is you're a reluctant uh, subject today, would I say that, because I've been trying to pin you for this podcast. How have we achieved it? Well, I think that the fans in particular would rather hear from the players and the coach, and really the best administrators should be seen and not heard, in my view, but... Uh I'm happy to be here today. Well, we're happy to have you in as well because there's much to be happy about at the moment. Oh, look, the Knights have never been in better shape. Commercially, um, we've made a profit three years in a row. That's never happened um, in the history of the Knights. Uh, the Knights only ever made a profit two years out of their entire history before we took over. One of those years, the year we actually ran the commercial operation for them, and the other the year was after the 2001 Grand Finals. So commercially, the club's in fantastic shape. We've got more members than we've ever had. Um, we've got a really great committed staff. I think we've got a good roster, and we've got uh, great results you know, coming through on the commercial side of it. We just now need the performance on the field to get up to that same sort of standard, but I'm very confident we're on the right path. Let's pull that apart before we go on to the field. We'll stay off the field for a second and, and have a look at that. It is, again, the place to be, the Newcastle Knights home ground there at McDonald Jones Stadium. There's been three sellouts. Corporate's very hard to get into. That must be pleasing as a CEO. Oh, we've got the best fans in the business. It's been sensational. You know, you open the year and every home game we've been a sellout or close to a sellout, you know, given some of those COVID restrictions have reduced the capacity. But absolutely fantastic. And even with the Roosters game, we had a great crowd. So the fan base is exceptional. Their support for the club's exceptional. Uh, they're turning up in numbers. Uh, we can't ask any more than that. We just need to replicate that sort of fantastic performance off the field, again on the field. And the jersey's looking full. We've added a few new partners to the suite. It is. We've got every single one of our properties sold. Even at the stage now, we've got people coming who want to buy those properties and we're trying to juggle people in. So I've got a waiting list. I think that's the first time in the history of the club that we've had a waiting list for properties on the jumper and the shorts. It's a fantastic position to be in. And a lot of that's due not only to the strength of the team, the club off the field, it's the strength of the players and the behaviour of the players. We've had a really big turnaround in player behaviour off the field. And I think that's now replicated by our sponsors being very confident that this is a club you can trust. You speak a lot about the fact that it's more than just what happens on the field. Entering into the ground now, it's become such an event. You spoke about that recently in one of our um, commercial meetings. It's it's quite fun to walk into McDonald Jones Stadium. Uh, now you're talking about yourself, Frank. This is what you're <laughs> part of. But, you know, Ross, yourself and the team, Tash, 
have done a fantastic job in creating an event out the front of the event. And we want to be the place where you can get there early, you can have a good time, where the fans get value for money. One of the big concerns about modern rugby league is that the length of the event's too short um, for what people have to pay. It's an expensive day out to take the kids out and take the family out. If we can put something really good on at the front of the stadium, then they're getting value for money. They're having a good day out and they're enjoying it. And that's why we'd always love to see reserve grade play before first grade. And hopefully next year we'll have a, a national women's side will be playing before our first grade teams. So that all adds to value and we think the fans get more engaged with seeing the younger players coming through and more engaged with women's comp. We think that's going to be great uh, for the town and the team. We're going to have a little look further down the back end of the podcast. Before we go into that, we're also going to dive a little deeper into your personal life, which I know you're very excited about (laughs) that line of question. Before we do that, let me ask you this. When you acquired the Knights, what was the decision based on? And now you reflect back on that and how happy are you and the board in that decision? We were genuinely making sure we'd keep the Knights franchise in Newcastle. I know looking back on it, there's been some conjecture, but we were firmly of the view if we hadn't have stepped in and taken the club, the club would have lost the licence. The licence would have gone to Brisbane for a second Brisbane side. That conjecture around a second Brisbane side is still going on today. So we felt we had to maintain the licence. We also knew that we had to make the club successful. You know, not only does Newcastle need to have a licence in the NRL, we need a successful NRL side. So that was the big challenge. We had to be sure in our own minds that not only could we hold it and keep it running in Newcastle, we had to make it a successful franchise. Uh, We're well on the way to that. It's been a bit longer than we thought it would do to get it where we need to get it to, but I think we've now got the right building box in place for future success. So let's look at that now. Four wins. Is it a pass mark or is it subpar? I think it's subpass. To be honest, I think we're all disappointed. I know the coach is disappointed. I know you're disappointed. I think even the players are disappointed. You know, we expect to win every game at home. That's what the fans come out to see. Uh, We haven't done that this year. We've been patchy. When you get 22,000 or 23,000 people turn up to cheer their team on, we expect the best performances. So we're all disappointed. I know the players are. I am. Coaching staff are. We need to improve. And I think we will. What are you happy with? Well, there's lots and lots to be happy with. I think that we've got the right football brains trust in place It's taken a while to get there, but I think with Adam O'Brien, Danny Baderas, Clint Zammett, yourself, the other people that are involved in the actual football of it, we've got the right people running football. So I'm really pleased with that group. I think the Brains Trust is right. I think we've got the right commercial operation off the field. We've got a really good commercial team. We're seeing great results from our sponsors, great results from the fans. So the club's in a better financial position than it's ever been in, and it's sitting up there as the second or third most profitable club in the league. So I think we're in a really good spot, though we still have a lot of work to do. Because it is such a big area to look after. And when we say look after... We are part of the community. We're representative of the community. So you look at membership and you look at the community work alone. They're they're two big pillars. They are, and we're certainly not doing enough in the community. If I look at what the Broncos do, they've got 36 people employed in their community department. We've got two. Um, We have a long, long way to go. We've probably underestimated the amount of work that was involved in taking this franchise where it needs to get to. We're on the path. You know, we've got some great people inside the business. We need to get better, particularly at the community side of the business. We need to build that, which we are. You'll see a lot of things happening this year. We're starting up a new program, Strong Like a Knight, that we're really excited about. The West Knights Foundation will be launched this year as well. Um, We're running our first charity ball with Mark Hughes as the main um, recipient for that charity ball, and we're raising money for the old boys. So there's lots happening in that community space, but in my view, we're a long way off where we need to be and there's lots more for us to do exciting time coming up speaking of the old boys the day after the ball 20 years since that famous victory in grand final in 2001 it's up against the Parramatta Eels and that should be a very special day 
It will be. Um, it'll be a fantastic day. In some respects, there's a tinge of a bit of sadness that in 2001, we've won a competition, we had some great players, and what have we done in the last 20 years? It's been a challenge. And I think all of us involved with the club need a good, long, hard look at ourselves to say, let's make sure this next 20 years is a lot better than the last 20 years. And making the eight is not No, enough. it's not. Making the eight's a pass mark, that's all. You know, we need to be a top four club every year, and then you need to be able to challenge for a premiership. So you can be top four every year, then you have a really good year, things bounce your way. You get the right calls from the referees. Referees always hate Newcastle, as you know. We're a chance to win, and you'll get there. But she's very, very competitive competition. You know, the two sides at the top, Penrith and Melbourne, are really setting the standard, and there are 14 clubs chasing them, and we're one of them. Speaking of that, and that's excellence that you're striving for, the centre of excellence, it's been something you've worked closely with. We're seeing dirt turned. It's getting exciting. It's a game changer for us. You know, we're investing $20 million in that facility. We're going to have three fields all together. Uh, We'll have our training facilities, men's and women's training facilities. We'll be able to play our cup games there. We'll be able to play our flag ball and Harold Matz games there as well. It'll give us a home. We're going to have the Chief Legends room there, which is really exciting. It's going to be a great home for the club. And it'll be a situation where every young man playing rugby league or young woman playing rugby league from Gosford to the Queensland border can turn around and look at that and aspire to be a knight. We can't let it go any further. And this constant conversation around the women's team, what's it going to take to get a a Newcastle Knights uh, women's team? I believe we'll have a team in 22. You do? I do. I think that they'll issue a licence to us in 22. That's certainly what they've intimated to me. We've built the Centre of Excellence with um, women's facilities on exactly the same basis as the men's within the Centre of Excellence. We'll have the fields, so I think you will see a women's side running around a national competition in 22. It's a fantastic thing for our region. And again, you know, we're representing Gosford to the Queensland border. Everyone in the area needs to aspire to be a knight. There you go. There's the bombshell that Knights HQ always delivers. Have I got an office in that new building? Have you checked? We'll have to have a look. I can clear out one of the store. <laughs> I think it's under review, isn't it? It's always under review with you, Frank. (laughs) We'll take a break. On the other side of the break, we're going to find a little bit more about the Knights and West CEO, Philip Gardner. One-on-one, Knights HQ, the official podcast in Newcastle Knights. The Knights HQ podcast is brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training, providers of engineering and construction labour to the hunter for over a decade. Last year alone, they supplied over 210,000 labour hours with zero lost time injuries. They're also the industry's only labour hire provider based in the region with a registered training organisation on the same premises to improve safety for workers and clients. For highly skilled labour hire and real-world training in engineering, trades and construction, check out Maxwell Recruitment and Training. Welcome back to the Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. We're one-on-one with the big boss, the CEO of the Newcastle Knights and the West Group, Philip Gardner. All right, Philip, we need to know a little bit more about you. This is the part where we left out of the run sheet and we said we'd just fill the blanks in and you said this needs to be short. Very, very short. (laughs) But we do need to get to know you a little bit. Have you got any spare time? Are you ever at home? That's a very good question. My wife would probably say no, but it's okay. Um, Whatever she tells me to do, I do. That's just as I was saying earlier. It's not a question of what, just how high I need to jump. (laughs) I'm very lucky. I've got a really supportive family for the things that we do. And look, and I think my life's an open book. Everyone's invested in what we do and everyone's a shareholder in what we do. It's one of the great things about community organisations. And wherever I go, whenever I talk to, everyone's supportive. You know, everyone's supportive. Everyone's a member. Everyone's wants night to do well. And we truly are becoming, again, everyone's second side. I think in 2002, we were everyone's second side. We sort of lost that in the intervening 20 years. We're starting to get that back. I think that's a real credit to the Football Trust and the guys playing.
playing that wherever you go, everyone's really supportive of the Knights, even if we're not their first team. Are you the boss at home because you're the boss everywhere else? I'm certainly not the boss at home. There is no doubt about that. Do you get to control anything? Do the TV remote or? No. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. What's harder to run is uh, out of your five clubs, three hotels and the Knights. Oh, your family's always the hardest to manage. Yeah. Okay. There's absolutely no doubt about that. It's that, that connection between love and common sense. It's very, very difficult to walk that fine line between the two. But I'm, I'm really, really lucky to have a wonderful, supportive family. Can you give us an idea of a typical day, like you know, when to start and what happens in a day? And do you know what your day's going to look like or do you have to no, adjust? No, it? it's sort of a rolling crisis. But I must admit this year it's been pretty good. You're not getting the three o'clock phone calls and not getting the sort of issues we had the first couple of years. The first couple of you took the nights on, it was incredibly challenging with player behaviour. This group of players we've got now are a really fine group of young men. I'm not getting any of that sort of behavioural issues. They're really good guys doing the right thing, very honest, and I'm very proud of them. So it's made my life a lot easier. You tend to start really early because the phone starts to ring about six o'clock. There's media and other things that are happening and you, you roll through the day and deal with the crisis that you have and you've got to manage all the different people that you've got. But it's a pleasure. Working with good people makes your life really easy. And we've got some great people at every level in the business. So we've got 1,200 staff and right across that got some great managers. And all they need from me is a bit of direction. And as the Knights, out of 100% of your day, what percentage would you normally give to the Knights? Well, it depends. Um, sometimes the Knights take all my time. <laughs> yep. And other times they don't. But again, it comes back to having good people. I'm really lucky to have Adam and Betsy yourself. I've got some great people in that organisation who I really trust to do a great job. When they need me, they put their hand up and say, I need you. So I come. If they don't need me, I get out of the way. They're the blokes running the football. My job is to make sure that everything else is right. My job is to make sure that they're challenged. We've got to get the right people on the bus. Got to get the bus going in the right direction. If I do all of that, then it's pretty easy. Do, do you actually get much downtime then? If you do, what would you do in your downtime? We don't get much downtime. We bought a boat. <laughs> so, um, And I don't have a boat licence, by the way. But we bought this huge boat. I've got to get a licence and I've then got to learn how to fish. So literally people are going to teach me how to fish. I'm not a fisherman, don't know how to tie a knot, but I've got a boat. That's okay. I'm going to become a fisherman when I get any spare time. At this stage, I've been out on the boat once, but that's okay. My best friend told me there's two great days with boating, the day you buy it and the day you sell it. <laughs> so I've had one, maybe the second one's coming. Just before you learn to fish, you might want to learn to drive the boat or are you going to get somebody else to do that? Oh, no, I'm going to learn. That's, that's okay. We've got to got a program we're, we're in place we've got a there's a whole train going on here so it's going to be good do you get to be the boss so you go away with the family in the car are you driving the car or is that your wife driving the car normally the wife's driving the car but in the boat i've got a captain's hat so i intend to be in charge i think when you're when you're out there on the ocean that's me so we're finding out now maybe that is the way to relax you get away on the water is is there any other way to relax where would we see philip gardner just cruising around and what might you be wearing well the best place to be is merriweather beach isn't it if you're on the beach catching a wave there is nowhere better in the world than down there whether you're either catching a wave or just walking on the beach or walking the dog up and down talking to everybody it's a wonderful part of the world and certainly newcastle is a wonderful place to live a lot of people won't know this but you're from an accounting background you started uh, doing the numbers that's right i'm a graduate of newcastle university the commerce degree at newcastle university i always thought i'd be an economist i Got accepted to Sydney Uni to do an economics law degree, but I was only 17 when I finished high school. So I went to Newcastle University and did a commerce degree and got a job and then enjoyed life and never sort of moved. I've been here ever since. 
Have you ever considered leaving Newcastle? We've been backwards and forwards, but, you know, Newcastle's home. It's a special place. Anyone that's lived here for any period of time knows it's a special place. And you end up with a lot of great friends. And Newcastle's that sort of place. Well, what are you really proud of with the West Group as a whole? Oh, it's where we've come from. You know, we're now the largest registered club group in Australia or in the world because there are no registered clubs anywhere else. But um, we've built an enormous business, turnover $190 million a year. We made $22 million profit last year, you know, 1,200 staff. It's a really fantastic business that's been built by a whole lot of really good people out of Newcastle. And Newcastle's a difficult place to build those sort of businesses in. So incredibly proud of the people that are involved in the club. And, you know, we've had a wonderful board of directors for a long period of time. So it's all those special people that have built a really special business. And it's great to be part of that. And the Knights? Oh, the Knights are a passion play, aren't they? You know, wherever you go, people want to talk to you about the Knights. It's their passion. People need to feel really good about something. And rugby league's really important. And the Knights are really important important to the psyche of the town. When the Knights do well, the whole town does well. So we're really invested in making sure the Knights do well because it's good for the region, it's good for people, and it gives the whole area a reason to be proud. We want to give them more reasons to be proud more often. Does those reasons to be proud potentially be in other sports as well? as What else could we see in the forecast? I know you're always ahead of the curve, so what have we got around the corner? Well, you know, we'd love to see the government build a 10,000-seat arena. The entertainment centre's falling down, and it's actually sad that we're in that situation. Our region needs a 10,000-seat arena. People from Gosford to the Queensland border need to be able to go somewhere to see the best shows. We had a 10,000-seat arena at the precinct, then everyone had come to us. If we got that, then we'd obviously look at a basketball side and a netball side to play in the national competition because you need that to anchor the arena. We're the anchor tenant for the stadium. Without the Knights, there'd be no stadium, that's for sure. And if we want a 10,000-seat arena, we'll step up and help in that process. And again, we're helping the region. We're helping the region sports people be able to stay here and play their sport, both male and female. So we're pushing the government as hard as we can to see a 10,000-seat arena. You know, we'd all like to, you know, see Bono here and a Rolling Stones. I'm sure I'm age now, aren't I? I was trying to think of someone in the last 10 years, but it's a challenge. In that sort of arena, rather than have to go to Sydney, which is a real struggle for people. And Broadmeadow will be a great precinct with a 10,000-seat arena in it. And if we can help and be part of that, that would be a fantastic thing. When you kick back, retire, you put your slippers on and you sit back and uh, relax, what do you hope people will say about your tenure in the roles that you're in now and look back and go, Philip was good at? I hope people say what a great organisation the West Group's been. I hope they say that it's improved the lives of people in our region and I hope they say it was a great community organisation that helped a lot of people and we are really proud of what the Knights did. Really, really proud and we're just a little piece of that. It's really important in life to be humble and that's what we say to our players all the time and we've got a good humble group. Humility is a really powerful thing yet people together as a team they're working together. Their humility is important. Absolutely, Philip. We could talk all day but you only gave me a small window. We'll take a break on the other side of the break. Knights HQ will get a little bit of fitness and philosophy tips out of the boss of the Knights and the West Group, Philip Gardner. Got a fiver in your back pocket? Use it to buy a red membership now from knightshub.com.au and get a personalised video from our Newcastle Knights star players. You could also win one of two NIB Newcastle Knights home jerseys. Shop.newcastleknights.com.au Knights HQ, the future podcast of the Newcastle Knights with Philip Gardner, the CEO and boss of the Newcastle Knights and the West Group. Righto, Philip, now I'm going to grill you, really grill you. This would be like a George Negus type interview. <laughs> Five, they're quick answers, all right? So quick questions, quick answers. Favourite thing to do in Newcastle? Go for a surf. That is sharp. That's very good. Favourite movie? Shawshank Redemption. Why? Because it's about overcoming adversity. I like it. Favourite team outside of an NRL team? West Rosellas. 
<laughs> That's clever. Any other sport that might uh, do you support Barrick for anyone else? Ah, oh, well, certainly the Bulls. The Queensland Bulls? The Chicago Bulls. Oh, the Chicago Bulls. I thought, gee, that's nice of you to share with us, Queenslanders. Favourite drink? Red wine. Good red wine. Yeah, well, go and give us what might be in your cellar. Well, you know, we've got a good 389. Be sitting in there. A lot of Tyrrells, a lot of at 8s, a lot of at 9s sitting in there. Some Talbrooks and a lot of stuff from Barossa as well. The Hunter Valley's hard to go past. There's some great red wine in the Hunter Valley and all, great people up there. All sounds magic to me. Uh, who was your hero growing up? My mother. My mother. There's no one like her. She's a special person. Left school in sixth class. I remember as kids, she only had three dresses she used to rotate. Everything in her life was about her kids. It um, wasn't about anyone else. If I could be half the person she was, I'd be very happy. Oh, that's beautiful, mate. Fantastic. Now, let's wrap it up with a health and fitness philosophy brought to you by Balance Collective. What's your tip for people? Because we know you seek a little workout every, every now and then in uh, some of the balance. It's been a challenging time in the fitness business, you know, with the coronavirus restrictions. It's been really challenging. But fitness starts with the drive, the desire. You want to do better. There's something you want to aim for and we think if you train with other people coming to the gym it's much better than training at home because it keeps you going you build friendships a rounded person is not just a person that's fit and looks good in the mirror a rounded person is someone that has friends that enjoys what they actually do and the fitness clubs are truly clubs where you can go and be around other people so not only do you come out looking better losing weight but you become out a better person because you're around other good people you're a bit of a pool you like the pool I swim all the time so I'd swim at least four or five days a week I find swimming a fantastic form of exercise particularly as you get older you know you can't take the damage to your joints and most of us have sore knees or sore hips or sore whatever else so get in the pool swim and also run the pool is a fantastic thing we built that 25 meter heated indoor pool at mayfield it's been fantastic particularly for older people you know last week we had the saifidi boys on and they gave us a bit of insight they're budgie smugglers and one of them had their dogs on the front of it are you a budgie smuggler or a boardies man no, I'm very much a Bordies man. Though there is maybe a pair of um, budgie smugglers with um, lightning on the side of them, right. hidden somewhere. As you remember, Nathan Ross, you know, White Lightning, brought out his own budgie smugglers. <laughs> and I know Mark Fitzgibbon somewhere has a pair of White Lightning budgie smugglers. Whenever he wears them, I get very scared. That would be very confronting. Well, thank you. There's a couple of tips there from the big boss. Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. We're nearly down the back straight, Philip. Only the other side to go. Looking for merch? Celebrate the past with the limited edition 2021 Heritage jersey. Shop in store or online. Knights HQ is brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training. I've been diving in and having a look at what these guys do. They're providers of engineering construction labour for the Hunter, and it's been for over a decade. In the last pod, I told you about the 210,000 labour hours with zero lost time injuries. Now I'm looking more at the highly skilled labour hire and real-world training in engineering trades and construction. And that makes me very jealous because I'm pretty useless at all of it. So don't bother talking to me about it. Just get it from Maxwell Recruitment and Training. They're the best in the business. Righto, we're nearly at the end, just down the back straight now. The Knights HQ, the Fisher Podcast, the Newcastle Knights with Philip Gardner. We've got some questions from the fan forum for you, Philip. If you've got any questions for us, please send them into media at newcastlenights.com.au. Also, we'd love you to subscribe, leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm sure this will have lots of reviews and probably a five rating I'd reckon you might get out of today, Philip. Now, Matt asked this question. Favourite player in Knights history for you? Who's your favourite? That is a really tough question. It's got to be the Chief. He, for me, epitomised everything the Knights are about. Leadership, toughness, compassion, everything. He's just a wonderful player and a wonderful human being. 
Yeah, fantastic. Couldn't agree more. Sarah wants to know your favourite breakfast spot in the city. Oh, got to be Lotus. I can't go past Lotus at Junction. That's my second home. I could have picked that. You know, Kalen and Connor go every game day morning there and they have the same setup they told us here on the podcast. Yes, there's a lot of things about um, Connor and Kalen we shouldn't discuss. What's your go-to breakfast meal? Have you got a standard? I'm very much a granola man. So a cup of coffee and a granola, looking after ourselves, is all a balanced advocate should. I like it. And Jack wants to know, where do you see the Knights in five years' time? Where we want to be in five years' time is a club that's challenging for a top four position every year. It really, injuries play such a big part in your performance. But if we can build a club with the depth and the resilience and the pathways bringing people through, there's no reason why every year we can't expect to be in the top four. And somewhere in that, the ball will bounce our way and the referees will make the right calls and we can just win a comp. So that's where we need to be. We need to be a club like Melbourne has. You know, they're up there all the time and they're a chance every year. That's what we want the Knights to be. And I think we can get there in that period of time. Absolutely, we can. We thank Maxwell Recruitment and Training for bringing us this episode of the pod. We'll be back in a fortnight. Episode five of Level Up is coming up the next weeks as well. Check it out. There's going to be some great stuff from Wagga Wagga and some really good fly on the wall behind the scenes. And don't forget, if you want to have your say or you'd like to hear from a particular player or any questions you've got, media at newcastlenights.com.au. Philip, thanks for your time. We wish you luck for the continuation of the season. Absolute pleasure. We're going to, we're going to go good. Don't worry. I love it. Philip Gardner signing off, and uh, thanks for listening. Knights HQ, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. Knights HQ needs you. Rate and review wherever you listen.